Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Extra Time Podcast with me, Ethan. I'm joined by Youssef and Matthew, and we've got a very special guest this week. We've got Rob Phillips, BBC World's correspondent. How are you, Rob? I'm very well, boys. Very well, Ethan. Yeah, thank Thanks you. Thanks for joining us. Um, so no problem. For this first part of the show, we're going to be doing a quiz. Matthew and Youssef will be going up against Rob, and then we've got a couple of questions off you guys to put to Rob. Yeah. Uh, so let's Fine. start with the quiz then. So... Matthew and Youssef, I hope you've been revising this week. So what we're going to do, so um, whoever says their name first is going to get to answer. Uh, and it's just a short quiz, so five questions. And then... Um, <laughs> just to show, show how embarrassingly bad I am at answering football <laughs> questions on quizzes. <laughs> yeah, no so, problem. <laughs> so shout your name and then I'll, I'll judge who's said it first. And then... okay. We'll get straight into it. So, question one. Everyone knows that Alan Shearer is one of the only members of the 200 club. But who is the other player to have scored over 200 Premier League goals? Uh, Rob, uh, Sergio Aguero. Uh, is the incorrect answer. Uh, Matthew? Yes. Matthew? Matthew, what are you going for? Wayne Rooney. Oh. Is the correct answer. I was about to say. It's 1-0 to <laughs> yeah. Matthew, and you said 1-0 well to Matthew. Stop. I was well done, Matthew. Thank you. Fair play. That was it's a pretty good. It's going to be a long night, I can tell. <laughs> uh, so, question two. This is a bit of a random one. Who has taken the most corners in the Premier League season so far? Uh, team or team, you mean? What team? Team or player, yeah. Player, player. Matthew. Who you going for, Matthew. Uh, is it is it Robertson? No. Matthew's frozen out. Uh, uh, Youssef, James Ward-Prowse. Oh, no. Youssef's frozen out. It's going straight over to you, Rob. I will say... Um, um, Mason Mount. Oh, that's the right answer. That's the right answer. Well done. Fair play. <laughs> uh, okay, so this is a this is a very hard question. I was very surprised when I learned this. Uh, who is the oldest Premier League player to be playing this season? Matthew. Yeah. Phil Shagielka. No, no, it's the incorrect answer. Oh. Oh, I know this as well. Tough one. It's a very tough one. Oh, I know. Very surprising. It's very, um, very old as well. Uh, Youssef. <laughs> uh, is it Willy Caballero? Yes. Well done. Let's go. I knew well, it. It's two... That's 2-1. Two it's 2-1 two to the Extra Time podcast. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, this is also a very surprising one. Who is the heaviest Premier League player? Oh. Very surprising. I'll go for uh, Rob uh, Mikel Antonio. No, that's a that's actually the incorrect answer. He's sixth on the list. Is he? He's a wow. Very bulky boy. Yeah. Um, uh, so, Triore. No, that is also oh. incorrect. Matthew, you're the only one left. Oh, I have no clue. Um. Nemanja Matic. 
What? He's what? skinny. He's like a pencil, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the correct know. answer is actually Harry Maguire, and he is a hundred kilograms. He's the heaviest by four kilograms in the Premier League. Wow. <laughs> he's he very heavy. That's uh, fairly obvious when you think about it. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, not so... that obvious. You can get it, but uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, who is the richest Premier League player in terms of net worth, um, according to the Financial Times? Matthew. Yeah, Matthew. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne. No, he's actually much further down than you'd expect. Yeah, I I thought I knew that because he's like been he's only just gone to the Premier League. Mm. Also, he's got he signed his brand deal with like Nike, I think is when he was at Wolfsburg, so he hasn't bumped up his deal yet. Uh, Rob, Gareth Bale. No, that, that he's actually fifth on the list. Um, um, yeah, so it's all down to me. I'll go with uh, Sergio Aguero. It's the incorrect answer. What's happened is 2-1 at the end of the quiz. I'll stick another question in there just to shake things up. Um, we'll go stay along the weight topic. You really Who? don't have to, you know. Who is the lightest Premier League player? Wow. Uh, That's a really good question. Uh, Is it uh, uh, Rob? uh, Total guess Lamptey at Brighton? No, um, is the incorrect answer. Matthew? Yeah, Matthew, you go for. Yeah, I just forgot what I was about to say. Oh, who am I going to say? Oh, no, Phil Foden, Phil Foden. No, no, that oh. is also the incorrect answer. Yusuf, it's all down to you. Is it Minamino? No, he's actually third on the list. The slightest oh. player in the Premier League is Lucas Torreira at Arsenal. No, but he's at Atletico Madrid now. Oh, dear. We must, oh, we'll go second then. Ah, uh, you've been caught, Ethan. You've been it's, caught. It's Ryan, it's Ryan Fraser then. It's Ryan Fraser then. Okay. Is it? Wow. Well, yeah. Right, so, okay. He's 5'4". He's, he's In terms of oh, height, so he's yeah. very small as well. I think he's the smallest yeah. Premier League player as well. Right, so, oh, well, good quiz. I learned yeah, something new. Thank you very much. Um, right, so let's get on to the questions that we've had in from our listeners. Um, Matthew and Yusuf, you can also get in on this. Um, so there's, there's a couple of, most of them are football related. Um, yeah, so, I'm glad. <laughs> Although after that performance in the quiz. Yeah, yeah exactly. Go on. <laughs> uh, so, Rob, what is the best atmosphere you've ever experienced at a game? Oh, best atmosphere uh, I've been at a few actually. Um, I'd mentioned Cardiff against Leeds in the FA Cup uh, mm. when they beat Leeds back in two thousand and two. I think it was. Gotta say, did you hear that, Matthew? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard that. I, I heard that loud and clear, Ethan. Matthew's loud a massive Leeds fan. Are you a Leeds fan? Are you? All oh, right, yep, okay. And I'm a Cardiff fan, so. It's... Well, actually, they were top of the Premier League at the time, and then oh, they right. uh, faded afterwards under David oh. O'Leary. Um, <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> Well, I've got to say, as, as good as atmosphere as any, and this was not just during the game, but before, probably um, Wales' opening game in the Euros in Bordeaux, 
Oh, where um, against Slovakia, where the I never thought I'd see. I've said it a few times. I never thought I'd see thirty thousand Welsh fans mm. on a foreign on foreign soil. Yeah, you know, supporting Wales in the finals of a a major championship. So it was just unforgettable, and the anthem was just the greatest I've ever heard. I was the best anthem in the world, anyway. But yeah, definitely. The anthem was just unbelievably emotional and um yeah that's right up there i've got to say mm. but the, so, you know there have been the playoff finals like when swansea beat uh reading in the playoff final um that was something different i've been to to you know great atmospheres at the liberty when they've had major wins of it cardiff beating man city in the premier league that was a, mm. a an amazing atmosphere as well but i suppose bordeaux would stick out for me so you, were you out in France for the majority of the tournament then in 2016? I was out there for all of it, yeah. We went to Sweden the week before and then we flew via Stansted into France. And yeah. uh, I was out there for a lot longer than I thought I would be. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Winning games. Mm. Uh, Matthew, you'll probably remember this from primary school. Me and me and Matthew went to the same school. So we were, as uh, being a Welsh fan myself... So it was it was basically me in red and the entire rest of the school hall covered in England fans. It was devastating when we lost to England. But they then got knocked out by Iceland, so it all came good in the end. Who last 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 longest. Yes, definitely. Uh so Matthew, you say you can get involved in this. You probably haven't been to as many games as Rob. But um what's the best atmosphere you've experienced at a game? Well, I haven't really been to uh, many clubs games. I've been to Ellen Road quite a few times, which has a very loud atmosphere. And I, I saw Barcelona game at the Camp Nou, but they were they were playing Elche, and it was a three 0 to Barcelona that night. But it's a bit like if Man City played Fulham. It it mm. it wasn't really a, an important game for them, or like yeah. a big game. Big game. They sort of knew they were going to win it. Mm. But I will say this, Matthew. Ellen Road is one of my favourite grounds to go to. Thank Partly you. because of the atmosphere, it's raucous there. It's just, I, I like the song they yeah. sing before, and it just gets everybody going. And when it's packed, and I've been there a couple of times when it's been, you know, um, uh, sort of full to the seams. It's it really is. It's one of my favourite football grounds. That one and and Bramall Lane at Sheffield. Mm. You just they're proper football grounds. Pro- not not one of these new ones where. It's all quite sanitised. They're yeah. proper football grounds with raucous atmospheres. Mm, definitely. Yeah, um, I think the new football ground sort of like dilutes the atmosphere, and all the old grounds you get you like you get like a bigger sound. Out of mm. them. Yeah. I uh, I don't know about you, Rob, but a lot of Cardiff fans I talk to, are like uh, prefer Ninian Park. So it's, it's different atmosphere. It was just something special there. Yeah, more of a beer pit atmosphere at Ninian Park than than there is at the Cardiff City Stadium. But, you know, there have been some... I mean, the, the thing with the Cardiff City Stadium is they really pack it out these days. Yeah, and so, that's, that's you know, that, that... Well, obviously, no, there's nobody there at the moment, which is unbelievable. But mm. um, it's difficult when you don't get, you know, with the with the big red stand as well above the Ninian stand. Yeah, it's difficult when you've still got that to fill, even if it is, you know, a, a fifteen mm. twenty thousand crowd sort of thing. But there we are. Yeah. You never know. The Wales games there are amazing atmospheres as well, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, uh, they you, are, yeah. Youssef, what about you then? 
best atmosphere you've experienced at a ground? I mean, I've not really gone to a game in a while, so I couldn't really mention. An well, no one has, Yusuf. <laughs> no, but I mean, like... Well, I have. Uh, oh, yeah. You're a lucky one. Yeah, I am. Yusuf, go on then. I can't really remember, to be honest. They've all been, like, civilised grounds. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I mean, I've been to a couple of Wales games. That's That's got to stand out. But international football is something different. It's, yeah. You can't really compare it to club football. I've been to a couple of Coventry games, a couple of Cardiff games. But none, none can compare to international football for me. Um, but Yusuf, I would have thought you'd have t- taken a trip to Anfield. So cracking football ground in terms of atmosphere. Definitely. Yeah, I wish I could have, but no. Yeah. Well, once you get out of lockdown, you should be able to get back up there. Um, Hopefully. So we've got a couple of other questions as well. Um, this, this one's going to, I'm sure, cut the podcast in half. Uh, Messi or Ronaldo? The, the the biggest question in the football world. Oh, for me, there, there is no question. It has to be Messi. Um, I, <laughs> right. Who was that? Yusuf? Yeah. Who said thank you? Me. Yeah. Uh, big fan of you. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome I, he's the... I can't make up my mind if he's the greatest player I've ever seen uh, or it's Diego Maradona, who um, basically won a World Cup almost single-handedly mm-hmm. with Argentina. So it's between those two. And I've been, you know, because of the job I do, I've been really lucky to see some, you know, I saw Hullet play in and um, in the Dutch mm-hmm. team and people like that. And, you know, I've watched Ronaldo play for Real Madrid. Yeah. Uh, but, no, Messi is just something else. Just a joy to watch. Just for our listeners who may not recognise your voice, uh, what is it exactly that you do? Well, I'm the, as you said, I'm the BBC Wales football correspondent. So I uh, sort of commentate on games at the weekends and sometimes in midweek. I do Wales games. I sort of write online. I uh, do stories, you know, cover press conferences appear on TV every now and then, but more on radio, because I think I've got to face the radio rather than TV. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that's how I make my living. So and where, it's a where, brilliant living as well. I'm very lucky. Where, where can we see your stuff then on social media? Um, well, I'm on Twitter, at Rob Phillips here, which is usually quite lively. I, oh, obviously, I do a phone-in every Saturday night on Radio Wales between 5.30 and 7 called Call Rob. Uh, the the um, the name is in the title, as they say, <laughs> and um, uh, you know. So I'll I usually tweet about Swansea, Cardiff, Newport, Wrexham, sometimes the Cymru Prem, Wales a lot, yeah. and music a lot. And yesterday I put on a great picture of what I had to eat at halftime, which is a cream egg and a donut. So what, what game were you at yesterday? <laughs> I was at Cardiff City against Preston, the 4 0 win. Oh, Cardiff are looking amazing under Mick McCarthy, aren't they? They are, they've really come with a big run, I have to say. I didn't see this happening. Five wins on the bounce, seven unbeaten. Um, I don't know what he's done, but he's done something there. And 
you know, not only are they they're defending well, but he's also sort of dovetailing the strikers to look good. Kiefer Moore's in, in fantastic form. And yesterday that I saw what I haven't seen, I can't remember seeing in all all the times I've been watching football that sort of goalkeeper Dylan Phillips made two saves yeah. in, with successive penalties within a minute of each other. So he saved the first one in the scramble for the ball. Aidan Flint was uh, a judge who fouled the players who was going for as the ball squirmed away from Phillips. Um, so they had another penalty, change of taker. The first one was Paul Gallagher. The second one was the uh, was the Wales international Chad Evans. Phillips dived the other way this time and saved the second one. It was absolutely, you think you've seen it all and then you see that. Two penalties in two minutes, both saved by the goalkeeper. It was mental and it was bizarre. Yeah. And then uh, that was a 2 0. If they'd scored, might have been a different game, as Mick McCarthy said afterwards. And yet then Cardiff went on to score two more with uh, Marlon Pack and Mark Harris. So just, um, these are good times at the moment. It's, you know, Swansea are playing brilliantly. Well, they they didn't actually yesterday, but you know, before this weekend, they've been carving out results, um, and they're high up in the table. And Cardiff are coming with a great run at playoffs. Whether it'll last, I don't know, but mm. you can't second guess with Cardiff City. That's, no, that's, that's the story. Of, yeah, having covered them for so long, you just never know. Mm. So another question we've got here: Do you think City can win the quadruple? Uh, I think that is really tough. I've got to say, I think they're playing brilliant football at the moment. Um, and fair play to Pep Guardiola. He's built another team. I think they, obviously, they've virtually won the Premier League already. I can't see them slipping. No. I think they've got them in the League Cup final. They're still in the FA Cup. I guess the Champions League is the problem for them. They seem to have a uh, a little blip in the in the Champions League sometimes so I'm not sure they'll do the quadruple having said no. that they're still a fantastic side to watch they're playing as good football as I've seen a Premier League champions play at the moment yeah they are looking fantastic obviously winning 1-0 against Arsenal earlier um, yeah. Youssef Matthew what do you think on this then City can they win the quadruple well um, I think like I think they've definitely won the league they had a Bit of a shaky start, and and now they're they're playing some great stuff. I think they're playing the best football in Europe. But as Rob said, every year they sometimes have like a little hiccup in the in the Champions League. Like last year against Leon, Sterling somehow misses from two feet out. So I think I think they'll probably mess up in the Champions League. So I think they could, but I don't think they will. I think they may not, though, because if you look at Diaz, again, today, like, the leadership quality. I mean, all great centre-backs have said you don't... A good centre-back doesn't make tackles. He doesn't need to, because he's organised his midfield to make sure that they do, he doesn't have to. And that's, yes. I think, where Diaz has has really come into his own with the... He is. He is a, well, he's the, keeping up uh, Laporte, isn't he? And he's a quality centre-back as well. Mm. I, yeah, you could be right. I mean, of all the sides, you know, you would think they have a chance to the quadruple. I mean, they're in everything, which is half the battle. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think the Champions League, I'm not sure about 
Um, I'm not sure how, how great Bayern Munich are this season, but they seem to find a way of doing things. I think my Champions League dark horses might be Atletico Madrid, but I suspect they are concentrating on winning La Liga because uh, they're a few points out, although I think they slipped up this weekend. Um, PSG, you have to rate them because they've got Mbappe and Neymar and, you know, that a decent manager as well in Pochettino. So, yeah, yeah it's good. I'm not, I don't see either Barcelona, well, certainly not Barcelona after what happened to them in midweek against PSG. I'm not sure Real Madrid are playing well enough to win it either. So it's there for Man City if they can take it. Definitely. Yusuf, what do you think? Can they do it? Can Man City win the quadruple? Get ready for it. Diffi- yeah. I think it will be difficult for them because... Of course, their prime focus has to be the Champions League because they've never won it. So to to be able to like be successful in the Prem and the Champions League, they're going to need to rotate their team a lot. And I don't know if they they'll be able to win in the latter ends of the competition. So I'm expecting them to win the Prem, but I think the quadruples out of reach. Yeah, I think they'll win the Prem. Maybe the the FA Cup. They look the League Cup. They're not going to slip up in because they've won that for the past what is it three years. So. They got they got the experience there, um, so yeah, I think that's that's all our questions there, Rob. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, that's all right. Enjoy it again in future. Have a great yeah. Well, you know what I am. Just give me a shout. Yeah, make sure to go and check Rob out on Twitter at Rob Phillips is here. Um, yeah, right. I have Rob Phillips here. No, it's oh, Rob Phillips. Rob Phillips here. Rob Phillips here. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, Rob. Cheers. Thanks, boys. Bye. See you again. Hello and welcome to the second half of the Extra Time Podcast, unless you're on YouTube, in which case it's a completely different episode. Um, if you want to go check out the first half, it's an interview with the BBC's Rob Phillips. Very interesting. Had mu- very, very much fun with him. Such a lovely guy. Uh, go and check it out. The link will be in the description. Yusef, stop laughing. <laughs> that wasn't me. That was Matthew. Oh, he's watching the highlights because he's useless. Um, anyway, let's get straight Thank into you. it. Uh, Yusef, just to get you angry, let's start with Liverpool. Um Merseyside derby, Everton versus Liverpool, separated by Stanley Park. Yusuf, talk about Liverpool. Yes. How bad were they? They were shocking. I mean, when you when you just look at stuff, yeah, you see, oh, that team is controlling the ball and all that, but that doesn't actually mean anything. Everton were way more dangerous in their attacks. Clearly, Liverpool struggled to play past that low block. The other teams choose to play against them. Like, look, imagine having 72% possession and you can't get on the score sheet. And every time Everton had the ball, let me just say the truth, they look dangerous. Mm. Players like James Rodriguez, who threads those balls through, like Everton always look dangerous as a team. And yeah, fair play to them. And Liverpool just weren't clinical yet again. Yeah, it's, it's disappointing. It's poor play from Liverpool today, uh, yesterday. Uh Let's talk about Jordan Pickford because he's he's had he's had a absolute rollicking off the email uh, off not off the email the off the media after his well he basically ruled out Van Dyke and stopped Liverpool from winning the title um, with his with his scissor tackle on Virgil Van Dyke which was a horrendous challenge should have had sending off yeah, um, definitely 
but back to the um, the matter in hand. Jordan Pickford played very well. Got man of the match against Liverpool. I th- I thought he performed very well. Um, interesting Everton wise. Goal very early on. Can't be can't be letting uh letting Richarlison have that kind of space three minutes into the game. I mean, it's a clever little pass from Rodriguez, you've got to be honest, but you can't there's such a big gap between your two centre backs. So Kabak and um Henderson, it was like they, they had the ball and they were trying to spread the pitch wide, but they, they should have been compact and concise and like right by each other, which that enabled Richardson to run through and put a nice finish away. Mm. Definitely. Again, they're bringing on uh, they're bringing on Nathaniel Phillips, who looks poor once again, uh, and not using uh, Ben Davies, not Ben Davis at Spurs, who just moved from I think it's Preston North End on um from Preston North End for a pretty hefty fee. Uh, it's it's they're not playing him. It's a waste of money if you think about it. Very poor from Liverpool, performance wise. Very poor from Jurgen Klopp, tactical wise. Got absolutely schooled by Carlo Ancelotti. Do you agree, guys? Yeah, definitely. Um, overall, Sigerson came on, looked very good. Like, Sigerson started, scored, looked very good. Uh, Calvert Lewin looked good. A lot, but Everton looked wouldn't you wouldn't have thought? Oh, they lost to Fulham last week, would you? No, I think it's that. That's what um, Everton like need to get. They need to have consistency because they're not showing that at the moment. Like they they pull out a great performance, like they did to say today. Uh, I mean, what am I saying? Sorry. Uh, like against Liverpool in the Merseyside derby, but they can't play well against Fulham, which I think is a real issue because if they want to be challenging for Europe and doing well in those European spots, then. You, you have to be more consistent than they are. I feel like Liverpool and um, Everton are a bit like a bit similar this season, apart from Liverpool at the moment are consistently being bad and yes. Everton sometimes are good. Mm. So I think they need to sort that out. But if they do, they could be uh, quite a danger in Europe. Yeah, definitely. If you look at goals in terms of not physical goals in where they want to be headed this season, just behind Liverpool now, on, on goal difference, you'd back them to gain on Liverpool. Have three points off Chelsea. Well. Yeah, obviously, game in, game in hand on pretty much everyone above the, everyone above them. <clears throat> yeah. uh, win that, and they're fifth. So, the prospects for Everton this season, it's been, it's been the prospects of Everton fans for ages, for years now. Since the days of Lukaku, they want to break into the top six. Six. If you, if you, if I asked you to think of someone outside of the top six, who would be the ones that are the big six of clubs, who want, who are probably staking the claim to be the 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 big seven, it would be Everton. Leicester. It? It's Leicester. been Everton Le- for years, though. It has been Everton for years. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can remember Romelu Lukaku. Romelu Lukaku was amazing at Everton, wasn't he? 
he's doing bits right now yeah. as well. So yeah, yeah. Shamey wasn't amazing at Man United. No, it's not. It's not really a shame but to yeah, be honest. You're a Leeds fan. No one... Yeah. Oh, I think Yusef would agree with me. Yusef, do you back me up there? Yeah, you can't play well for United. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. See, do you... the listeners have a go at me all the time for backing up Man United. Well, if you said, <laughs> and I'm like. I'm stuck with a Liverpool and Leeds fan. Port United, it's because you have an eight-year-old if... grandparent. You've seen everything. <laughs> I don't back up Man United. No one will. Sorry. It's, it's... Oh, it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, if you're a Man United fan, I apologise. Um, yeah, this oh, is the, I, the, I the don't most really... biased podcast ever. We've got I don't a Leeds really... and a Liverpool fan. I don't really mean it, but sorry. All we need is a City fan. Actually, that's not. No, no. They don't no. have any. Yeah, where yeah. are we going to find that? Where are we going to find one? Genuinely, where are we going to find that? You can look high, you can look low. You and... <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the, another, probably the biggest shock of the weekend. Two, West Ham beating Tottenham 2-1. West Ham on the rampant range of form. Jesse Lingard scoring. Right, you know what's, where this is headed. I'm going to do my piece about oh. Gareth Right, Matthew, Matthew has been saying that me and ba- Yusuf backs me, backed me up on this one. When Gareth Bale came on, he changed the game. He, he did, changed- he did, he did. Absolutely. He hit the crossbar, probably should have scored. He whipped in a beauty of a corner. I just I just don't understand how you can't... If Jose doesn't start him next game, it's ridiculous. If you look on social media as well, every Spurs fan page on Twitter, Instagram, anywhere, Facebook, they're all absolutely really annoyed. I'm not sure that's a word, but they were all really annoyed that Bale was not starting. You have to start Bale. I know it's against Wolfsburg, but Jose Mourinho has been trying to get him to do do what Gareth Bale does, which is get the assists and score the goals, which he did. And then he benches him. Like, what, what message does that send to the other players? Oh, you can, you can play well in the Europa League. But that doesn't mean you're going to get into the squad in the, in the in the Premier League. I thought the whole point of rotating the squad in the Europa League was that so you could improve the squad in the Premier League. Do you not agree? Yeah, yeah, but um, we we can we I yeah I know I'm I'm completely agree with you. He should be starting every game, but but behind the scenes, if he's if he's not working hard on the training ground if he's not fully focused I, w- I wouldn't start him but after that I think from what we can from what we can see because we can't see anything behind the scenes if he's not given a hundred percent on the training ground maybe his like injuries are not helping him there but from what we can see he definitely should be starting mm. I found watching the Tottenham documentary very interesting um on how Maureen I know Matthew's watched a couple of episodes with me. Obviously, not in lockdown. Not in lockdown. Obviously, very COVID aware. Um, but he would, if if you weren't training well, you'd be straight in his office. Like Deli Ali, he'd come out and say he's a bad trainer, and that's why he's not starting. But you can't expect yeah. Bale. I, all due respect to Mourinho, great manager, but you cannot expect Gareth Bale, who's had. Injury after injury. Injury has hindered his career massively. He's 31 years old now. And he's he's had loads, loads of injuries. He's had issues with his ankle. He's had issues with his leg. 
you can't expect him to be going a hundred percent on the training pitch every single day of the week, and then it's hard enough for him to play sixty minutes on the weekend, let alone train hard throughout the week. And that's the issue. Because... Do you not think that's a bit of an issue though for him? Because do you not think if you want him, obviously he's brilliant. He he, as you can see, he can change a game very easily. And but if, if he's not fully fit, I think that's something that the Tottenham staff should work with him on and like help him. But I don't I don't feel like Jose Mourinho has that empathy for his players. Mm. He's like, if you're not giving a hundred percent, I don't care if there's any reason for it, you're out of the squad. I think he should have empathy and see why Bale may not be putting in a hundred percent, but he performs week in, week out. I can probably guarantee you that Messi is not training hundred percent. And that's not just because of where oh, Barcelona are at yeah, the moment. Definitely. It's because of the player he is, the respect he demands, and the fact that he is 33 years old. Same with Ronaldo, and same with any other older, experienced players. For Barcelona, for example, Busquets probably doesn't train half the week. From watching, well. from watching like a couple of football documentaries, the Man City one, the Spurs one, and unfortunately forcing myself to watch the Sunderland one. Um, the the old players, like 30 over, the, the, they'll miss out, they'll skip a training session just because their body can't physically handle it. I, feel, I mean, if it leads, I mean, I can tell you what, I know I keep going on about leads, but oh yes, you do. even if you're over 30 and you miss a training session, it also doesn't care. You're out the, you're out the team. Pablo Hernandez, I don't know if you guys saw, he's like 35, but when he got subbed off against Leicester, he was looking like the only player who could create something on the pitch, and he was subbed off, and he had a right to be angry. He threw, he took off his black armband and threw it on the ground, which I, I think it's a bit, excess, a bit excessive, and Bielsa didn't put him in the squad next week. He didn't put him in the squad because he threw down his armband, and I feel, I think you've got to have... A manager that strict sometimes, but he'll always work with a player who's injured and help them develop. But if they're not giving hundred percent for and don't have a reason for it, he'll he won't he won't include them. Yeah, definitely agree with you there, Matthew. Yousef, do you want to come on this, in on this? Uh, Bale, should he be should he start Spurs' next game? I mean, if I'm not mistaken, Jose Mourinho was a footballer himself. So you should know how players like Bale are feeling. Like, for example, the job of a coach is to like is to get results. That's your primary focus. Like, no one cares. Like, okay, it you, you should play well, but as long as you get the result, it, it should be fine. But I feel like Bale's always gonna make your team better. Like, I, and he has to just ignore what's going on behind the scenes because that's not. It's clearly not affecting what's going on in the pitch because every time Bale steps on. He's trying to do something. Like, you can tell that he wants to create an opportunity. And yesterday, he was incredible. Like, uh, he was genuinely changing the game. So, I think that Mourinho needs to... Because he's very, he's very tough on his players. And I think he struggles to handle it. Like, players like Deli Ali, they should be starting every week. But Mourinho, he's making them lose their confidence by just not playing them. Yeah. I think Mourinho will start Bale in the Europa League. Bale needs to score in the Europa League in midweek. And then I, re- I reckon he'll start against Burnley on the weekend. 
Let's move on to another big game from this weekend. Oh, wait, sorry, Ethan, uh, before you go on. Um, when you were talking about Messi, about he doesn't give 100% every week, I, I know that's true, but and and it does affect other players because um, a player who was from Barcelona who went out on loan said um, that they had a rule in training that they weren't allowed to go 100% when they were tackling Messi because it was such mm. a high risk of injuring him. Yeah. So they couldn't play 100% around him. And I yeah. thought that was ridiculous because you could if that it's if that's happening in training, you can tell without that player you're nothing. Quite clearly. Yeah. Well, well uh in listening to Peter Crouch on the radio and I think he's got his own podcast. Um it's really it's really good listen and recommend it definitely. Um but that is that is common. Steven Gerrard was exactly the same. Or oh, J- and Jamie Carragher. You just don't go 100% near them. Because one bad tackle and your your team is ruined for the season. Yeah. Tra- I, I doubt anyone goes full percent, 100% tackling anyone in, in training unless you hate the other person. No, but you, they, just, they were the saying worst. like messy, like you, you couldn't. You couldn't actually like go in for the tackle. You'd sort of have to like stop around him. Like you couldn't, yeah. Even, like tackle him, which I thought that was that was ridiculous. Was that Tadebo? I I can't remember. I can't remember the player's name. Yeah, it might have been. yeah, I remember. It's probably just frustration from the club. I I think it's a bit extreme to say like you can't even go up towards him. But yeah, yeah I get I, like I think slide tackles are just forbidden around a player like him. I, I assume yeah. I assume slide tackles are forbidden in. Most training sessions, yeah. In terms of case of injury, uh, another upset of sorts on the weekend. Southampton drawing one-one with Chelsea. Um, Chelsea. Ugh. What can we say about Chelsea? Seventy percent possession, nine shots, seven big chances created. They almost had. They had six times the amount of. Accurate, accurate passes than Southampton, and they they still haven't affected affected the game as much. They need a clinical striker, in my opinion. Mason Mount, absolutely amazing again. Love Mason Mount. I think he's the best player in the in a Chelsea shirt at the moment. Um, so what do you guys think on this game? What, what what can Chelsea do this season? What where can Chelsea be aiming to go? Fifth in the Premier League, uh, Everton just uh, up three points behind them with a game in hand. Goal difference looking in Everton's favour. I mean Chelsea's. You mean Chelsea's favour? No Everton. No Everton. Oh no, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes. Sorry, there. I was looking at the matches one. Uh, football need to th- rethink their schedule. Their Distribution of the numbers there. Um, distribution of the numbers. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm going on about. Um, so well, I think they'll probably be aiming for Champions League, only being um, two points behind from West Ham. But you have 71% possession, and you only have nine shots. You have you make you make seven chances and two big chances, and yet you can only convert one 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 goal which is a penalty and that that's quite lucky to be to be honest getting a penalty mm. without that penalty i mean they might not have scored for hours if it went on and on but i think they're a bit like um liverpool yusef might me and you like yusef might say because they have so much of the ball but they're not doing anything with it i think two 
Tuchel needs to really sort that out. And but Southampton, obviously, Minamino has been um on fire for Southampton. Uh, what do you think about that, Yusef? Obviously, coming on loan from Liverpool, why do you think he's doing so much better at Southampton than he was at Liverpool? I feel that in a team like Liverpool, uh, I'm not going to lie, he was getting a lot of game time. I genuinely don't know. But I feel like for the bigger teams, there's more pressure try to, to play for him. And also, like... Yeah. He had, it, yeah. Was a, it, was very, it was a lot of rotation, to be honest. But it seems like he's doing well at Southampton, so good for him. Yeah, and yeah, that is, to be fair, it's good for Liverpool as well, isn't it? Obviously, Southampton and Liverpool are having a strong bond, and he's he is only on loan, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he will he can come back in future. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's all from us this week then. Uh if you're on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Go check us out on Instagram at Extra Time Podcast. Uh if you're on Spotify, uh drop us a follow as well. Uh have a great week. We'll, we'll see you back on Friday. We'll be looking back at the Champions League, Europa League, and all the Premier League action. Uh, see you on Friday.